Now we're now we're sucking of a diesel technical commute difficulties there. This is uh, fuck you, man. Fuck you. All right, we we restarted the podcast for your shit. Can you not let me slide? Can you uh, not put me on blast? No. no. Unless you leave in the bit where I fuck up completely. How dare you? Here I am, sacrificing the best years of my life to be on this show. And 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 y- y- you steamroll me. Yeah, are you surprised? It may be a global pandemic leading into a global recession, Marcus. But the true leading tragedy of twenty twenty was your behavior. Twenty twenty, nuff said. That's a Burger King ad, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, how are you? It's me. <laughs> to the podcast. How are, how are y'all y'all doing? I just found out that coronavirus stays on skin uh, active for at least nine hours. Mm. But if you uh, attack it with some ethanol for like 15 seconds, it, it dies a terrible and horrible death. And that's what we need. So he wants to die. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, this is Nostalgia Horse. I'm Kim Green. He's Marcus Rochford. Welcome to the show, everyone. Marcus... Uh, it's not been. <laughs> He's just like, uh, sure, whatever. We had a, an evening with the nostalgia whores earlier on in the week, and now we're having uh, an afternoon with the the nostalgia whores. An evening. Yeah, on, on a Sunday, no less. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. Jesus' no day. The day of our Lord. John uh, yeah, John. Tra- oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to make Sunday Zenu, his day. Zenu, Zenu, baby. Oh no, we're gonna have to watch Battlefield Earth this week, and I haven't studied for this test. Do we have to watch Battlefield Earth this week? No, we never have to watch it. Like that's not a <laughs> thing. I'm live streaming it right now. Marcus, stop it! You, the 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 Church of Scientology, they found you where you live, man. <laughs> you need to stop. Showing Elron Hubbard products like just on repeat. You need to stop saying that you're his re remade reincarnation. Yes. You're not the reincarnation of Elron Hubbard. You cannot. Uh, I, I I really feel bad for recreating that really fucked up ritual that your woman was a part of in that uh, Louis Theroux documentary. Well, you should. <laughs> That's on you, man. Yeah, but mm. you know, a man's gonna do what a man's gonna do, and but uh, maybe don't do that. Maybe man, don't man's do. Man's gonna sacrifice lots of stuff to a fucking lizard god or whatever. No, no, you don't. You have to do the exact opposite of that, Marcus. We've talked about this. The, nah. There, there was a hearing and everything. Nah. You have to look that woman in the eye and tell her about how you'd killed her son. Nah. You're a monster. Delicious. I ate his kidney with some nice fada beans and a lovely Chianti. Mm. <laughs> okay, Marcus, when you're not being a cannibal, what did you get up to this week? Uh, stuff. Stuff. So, like, like the country is going to go into lockdown. Yeah, totally. Um, I ain't going to lie. We've on a, been on a ban of household visits, and I did, like, many household visits this week. When I say that, I mean, I, I made two. Oh my gosh, how could you do that? You know, I made two, 
you know, I'm sorry for wanting human contact before it, it all goes away and I go back into my little hole and die for a couple of weeks. Mm. I'm sorry, world. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a weak, weak man. Uh, in other news... Uh, Kill him! Friends, Get him! Par- Fuck him par- up! <laughs> Break his neck! <laughs> Rough him up on the way out, boys. Uh, so, like... Yeah, like, there's a... Like, the world's still going to shit. But don't worry, guys. We've 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 figured out how to get through this this uh, trying time. <laughs> We're gonna start up a second podcast. It's gonna be totally original. We're gonna play D and D and record it. No one's ever done that ever before. That's right. You got the melody in my head. Uh, that's right. A D and D podcast. The nostalgia hoarding podcast. I don't fucking know what to call it. What what it's always a Dungeons and Dragons team podcast. Yeah, no, we play D and D, and then we just make it into a podcast. It's a very original concept. I can see why you're struggling to get your head around it. Yeah, why don't you just call it? Uh, no, I was gonna say call it Dungeons and Dickheads, but that was already a sketch that we made. We should call game. that. We should start a D and D group and call it that. Yeah. Do you I want in? Like, no. <laughs> why? Yeah, actually, no. Do you know what? I would. I would. Yeah, you'd want to play D and D. Yeah, sure. All right. Wait. Have you got a four-sided dice? Have you got a twelve-sided, a twenty-side? No. An eight-sided dice? I haven't got dice. Who the fuck oh. has dice in the house? I do. I have two bags worth of dice. Yeah, you play D and D like it's like a professional esport. So what? I'm supposed to just do all your rolls for you? Yes. Oh, that's gonna look real isn't good that, when you. Isn't, isn't that what a, like a, a dungeon master does? No, you have to roll your own dice. Everybody brings their own dice. It's part of the community. Then you can look at other people's dice and go, "Oh, where'd you get them?" And Listen, they'll go, "I didn't. I didn't come to this nerd fest to be uh, told that I needed materials." Okay, right? How I quit. dare you? <laughs> no one told me I had to study for this test. Okay. What's next? You're going to expect me to build your character for you? Sure. Oh, Jesus. I'm just going to make him you, but you've been transported to a D&D world. Seems Listen, like you play I that will, character I think, quite I well. think that's what I do anyways. Yeah. I feel should... like that's what I do anyway. I feel like I'm like a 21st century man that's transported to like a mythical uh, fucking fairy tale land. Named like Dave. Dragon... <laughs> Just normal guy named Dave. Who yeah, just, for anyone who doesn't know. Who's completely culturally like uh, isolated from everything that's happening and going on. Yeah, I feel like that would be perfect for me. You would have like natural human reactions to all the hyper violence going on yeah. around oh, you. Oh shit! You'd be trying to like. You'd be trying to. You'd be Somebody try- please put some pressure on this wound. Yeah, pressure? and when, whenever like uh, the party's going around like killing like gnomes or orcs or whatever, you'd be like, "This is a microaggression. This is a hate crime. I'm not taking part in it." Like, like are, are we on these people's land? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I would love to play D and D with you if you were playing this character. <laughs> well, I already played like a, a, a an RPG before. Yeah. With with like year, a couple of years ago when we were still in college, we did it as a mm. class, and that was exactly what I did. <laughs> I, I was like, I was literally what I would do in a situation of that sort, which was like completely fuck up everything yeah. and get people killed in the process while I was questioning everybody around me. Oh. It got to the point where <laughs> it got to the point where one of the guys on our team tried to kill me. 
Yeah, I, I believe mean, he fucked it up. I believe you had <laughs> tried to snipe someone with a shotgun, and Alan was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah why not?" And yeah, it was sure. just like, "Okay, cool. It's a shotgun. It like drops off after like ten feet, and you're twenty feet away." And you're like, "So what you're saying is I hit?" <laughs> and he's just like, "No, now he's just been alerted to you because you just fired a shotgun twenty feet away from him, so he clearly knows where you're coming from." And then for some reason, Charon's just on top of you trying to, like, kill you with a scalpel. And this guy still has, like, initiative on you. It's a good time. It's a good time. No, you in the process of the fight. Mm. It's hilarious. Oh. It was hilarious. That was a great day. It was in Deedles. And everybody, like, literally everybody was looking at me like, what, 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 what are you, why are you doing? I believe this? I said it as a joke first, just kill Marcus. And then Caron was like, yeah, I will. Oh, yeah, I, I kill, I kill Marcus. I kill Marcus. I was yeah. just like, oh, I was joking. Alan's just like, all right. So Caron's trying to kill Marcus. There's a giant robot stepping out onto the street. He needs a 12 or more to get past that. He gave him like a fairly good odds because it was close contact. Uh. Get, like, I was like, you got to get a 10. Which is easy enough, and he got like a. Th- he didn't get a ten. <laughs> he didn't get it. Oh. And I was still alive. I think I killed Kieran at the end, of it, or at least I tried to kill him in the process, oh. and missed again. <laughs> While all this is happening, like a, some sort of distraction, everybody else is trying to do the task. Yeah, I mean to be fair, we probably shouldn't have been playing with like tw- like fifteen people. That can really slow a game down. No, like three or four hilarious. is a good it, number. It was hilarious. No, no, it was hilarious. I think you need more. I think we need more people in there. Just, just to so that like, more people can like throw like. It already think, took an hour to make our characters. That was great. Yeah. I, like my character wasn't even that complicated. I, I was just like, yeah, just give me a shotgun. Yeah. Give yeah. Me a shotgun. Uh, anyway, well, well, we'll we'll see about getting a D and D game going. See. If- like I was talking to Dylan, and Dylan was uh, saying that he'd love to play Among Us with a good group of people as well. I I I was looking for people to play Among Us as well, and I know Jag plays it. So I would I would love to play Among Us. Nice. Um. So so tell ask him if if he wants uh we should get a game night going we can do some get Among Us, do some D and D or uh, maybe some Vampire the Masquerade. I actually have the book for Vampire in the corner. That's kind of a fun RPG as well. Because I don't think I can get Among Us on this computer. Um. Well, what are you rocking, dog? I'm rocking a, a laptop computer. No, you could it's Steam. It's like a really, really like low, low uh, Cause I, cause requirement I can't get game. Because I can get it off the Google Play Store here. No, it's Steam. It's on Steam, but yeah, but you can, uh, you can get it off Google Play. It's a hero, I just can't get it off the Google. I can get it on the this iOS or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I think that's only for like the mobile version. I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Among. I think Among Us would be super funny. <laughs> it would. Yeah. What color would you be? And you'd always be sus. <laughs> oh, 100% I'd always be sus. Um, oh my god, like if we had like a, like a like a private chat for like the killers going and every single fucking time like, you know the first time you and me are, are uh, the imposters, it would it would be chaos. Like it would it would be ridiculous. We'd call emergency meetings for no reason. We'd throw people in <laughs> I just be, I literally, I, that's what I do. I think I do that every game. I just immediately waste one. It's Dylan. It's, guys, it's Dylan. Not like, I, 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 
Swear on my ma. Swear me ma. Right? What, and then like it devolves into us blaming each other, even though we're both the imposter. We <laughs> both know we're the imposter. Basically, the entire. I saw Marcus <laughs> bent. I swear to Christ, it's him. It, literally, it would tor- it would turn into a game of the the Spider Man meme of pointing fingers at each other. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just me and you, and we'd even be doing it when neither of us are the, an imposter. <laughs> Guys, Marcus is the imposter. I saw him vent. You're like, no, I'm not. How can I be the I'm imposter? I'm on the other side of the map. <laughs> How can I have been him eight times in a row? I'm telling you guys, Marcus is sus. Skip, skip. <laughs> okay, we're just going to vote off Marcus and Kevin immediately. It's like, no. Yeah, it's like four quid on Steam. Well worth the price, I'd say. Um, well, for, for the oodles and boodles of entertainment you're going to get out of it, mm-hmm. why the heck not? Right. So, anyways, we'll, we'll, anyway. we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, on, onwards and upwards, as they say. Onwards to, and uh, upwards. Meat and potatoes of today's show. Uh, eat my shit, you Nazi bitch. Oh, we're just going right into it, are we? <laughs> well, I, I, I have nothing else to talk about except that you want to je- like keep ragging on. I mean, Orion Electra has a new album now. You know, yeah. we can talk about that if you want. The new Crash They're Bandicoot game was pretty good as well. I just finished it there. Oh yes, yeah, I heard that was good. Yeah, yeah, very nineties esque and kind of game design, did, but fun. Did they make, make a, didn't they re- remaster the first Mafia game as well? Yeah, Mafia one's apparently been uh, received quite well. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, I saw the first trailer for uh, Mank. Oh yeah. The uh, the new David Fincher movie, mm. which is based upon the uh, life and times of Joseph uh, Joseph. Gordon Levitt. No, jo- Joseph Mankiewicz. I can't remember his. He had a middle initial. Uh, I think it was Joseph K. Mankiewicz. Uh, he's the guy who co-wrote the script for Citizen Kane. Hmm. Uh, and he was the guy, if I remember correctly, that went after William Randolph Hearst, who was the one that wrote in all that stuff about him. Hmm. Uh, and that was the the thing that kind of set Citizen Kane off, being banned and being that big story. Herman J. Mankiewicz. That's what. Name a name the guy. Great name, first of all, right out the gates. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, yeah, he was a journalist who became a screenwriter in Hollywood. Uh, there's been a lot of talk, like in the year, like in the decades upon decades since Citizen Kane was released, hmm. about who wrote the the kind of the the hearty stuff of Citizen Kane because. Orson Welles is down as a screenwriter. So is Mankiewicz. Mm. Five people are credited to it now. But what I know is that the two people that run it were Herman Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. Uh, But yeah, David Fincher, whose father, I believe correctly, was the one that... uh, What was it? He was the one... he, He was a friend, or he knew Mankiewicz in some way. When mm. he was just a kid, uh, this was a script that he had been wanting to, to he'd written years ago. Uh, and David Fincher's only getting around to, to make it now. I think his dad is dead. Don't oh, worry. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, about him, and his, he was a massive alcoholic. Uh, I think Gary Oldman's playing him. 
it's been shot. This is the the big bit. It's it's being shot on the new uh, Red Epic, uh, and it was being shot completely in black and white. Mm. There isn't going to be a color version of this film because uh, now if you uh, if you like want to make a film black and white, usually you make it in color and then switch it back. But uh, that's not the case now. Yeah, Jack Fincher, uh, David Fincher's father. Mm. Is it, it's a script that he had lying around for years, uh, and he died like in two thousand three, so he never never actually made it. Now his yeah. son shall carry the torch. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No doubt. No so, doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah, good cast in it from what I've seen from the trailer. Matt yeah. Seyfried, Lily Collins, uh, Tom Burke, Gary Oldman. Who's playing Orson Welles? And Tom Burke's playing Orson Welles, and uh, Us. I feel like I feel like he's going to have his voice uh, dubbed in it. Mm. I don't think he can do a very good Orson Welles. I, I, you can prove me wrong. You can prove me wrong. But I, they just ADR the whole thing. <laughs> the, 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 the person in the trailer doesn't sound like uh, Tom Burke is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He well, like I mean, doing in an Orson Welles impression, which is which is which is done before. I mean, yeah. uh, who was it? Vincent D'Onofrio played Orson Welles in uh, Ed Wood, and uh, the the old uh, reliable Orson Welles voice. What's his face from uh, Critic? Did yeah. the voice for him? He was nice. a, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. The man out of Animaniacs. He's the voice of the brain. I think he's the brain. No? Oh, um, it's not. It's not Billy West. Oh, what's his name? Super famous voice actor. Yeah. The brain, 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 brain. Great show. Uh, hang on, I got it now. Is it Rob Paulson or is it Maurice Lamarche? Maurice Lamarche. I was go- I was gonna say his name was Morris Lawrence, <laughs> but like, it's basically the French version of that. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Rob Paulson was in every uh, Warner Brothers cartoon in the 90s. Like, fucking yeah, everywhere. Uh, yeah, Maurice Lamarche was the voice of the brain, and he was also the voice of Orson Welles and mm. a bunch of stuff. He basically. It, well, the brain is basically Orson Welles. Oh yeah, it's it's his impression of Orson. He Welles. even looks like him. He doesn't look a little like him, uh, mm. like. Uh, but yeah, the story of him learning the Orson Welles voice is very interesting as well because uh, you remember the peas ad, don't you? Mm-hmm. That I sent you. He had a like a a tape copy of the ad that he used. To, used to, I, I, if I remember correctly, he said like there was a he was in college and. Germany somewhere he was studying somewhere abroad and his friend came in with this fucking bootleg tape of Orson Welles <laughs> that had somehow gotten out to the masses of him doing this pizza ad and making an absolute balls of it and it's brilliant and he did the impression of it and when you put the two, two of them side by side his impression of the pizza ad and the, the actual tape recording it's like very close yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a pretty scary, hilarious bit as it's, well. It's scarily close, like, and it's a, a really gr- great bit. Uh, and he does the bit in an episode of Animaniacs, I think, as the brain. <laughs> yeah. So I that, mean, that, was a good, that was a good reference, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the living world. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we'll do it normally. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't an, an infomercial. I know. I, sorry, this isn't an ad. I know, I know. This was a declaration of love. Oh, 
They taste even better when you're dead. They're even better raw. Once again, watch your credit, guys. Great show. Oh, um, There's a French fry stuck in my beard. <laughs> Marcus, what did, what did we actually watch this week? Well, this week we didn't watch Mank. Uh, we're no. all looking forward to that. Uh, mm. Before I actually continue, uh, there's a couple of films that are coming out, just in case you're getting down about not being able to go to the cinema. Netflix has a couple of things uh, coming out. They have Mank, which is coming out yeah. in December. And... Um, there's a new Ben Wheatley movie coming now. The guy oh, who wow. Made Kill List, uh, yeah. Sightseers, uh, High Rise, all those films. He has a new film coming out. It's an adaption of Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca mm-hmm. with Army Hammer in it. Uh, and I think uh, Lily Collins is in it as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I could be wrong again with that. But like, yeah, Rebecca, did, uh, it's, was has been done a couple of times. Uh, the most famous adaption, of course, is uh, the Alfred Hitchcock version with mm-hmm. uh, Laurence Olivier and John Fontaine in it. Wow, what a great uh, cast! But yeah, like this one is uh, Army Hammer and yeah, Lily James. Lily James. Oh, yeah, she, I Christian, really like her, she's great. Yeah, uh, Christian Scott Thomas, uh, Sam Riley, some mm. other, other notable actors in it. Uh, I like Ben Wheatley. And mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I don't. I, he hasn't really hit the heights that he's made with High Rise or uh, Kill List. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's uh, he 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 can do a good job with it. Uh, mm. So I'll, I'll be watching that when it comes out on Netflix. It comes out on Netflix to the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, what else? What else? There's a couple of things coming out. Yeah. On one thing I'm Netflix. kind of excited for is Amazon Prime's uh, animated. Uh, show Invincible Robert Kirkman, yeah. Yes. Uh, J.K. Uh, Dylan, Simmons again, is playing Omni Man. Another, another big one, that yeah. Dylan is in, in a fan of. Oh man, have you read it? I have not read it. No. Oh, it's good. I don't want to ruin anything, but it's 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 good. Uh, and the cast is looking really good as well. You got uh, your man who plays Glenn uh, from The Walking Dead. I can't remember his name off the top of Stephen my head. Yoon. Thank you, yes, yeah, Stephen Yoon. Uh, really good voice actor. He was fantastic we in Voltron. Watch Burning. Did you watch uh, Burning? Is that is that Korean movie that Stephen Yoon did? Uh, no. Last year. Is it good? Uh, it's supposed to be amazing. Hmm. It's actually supposed to be amazing. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Yoon's in that. I saw the trailer for it. it looks it looks very good. It looks very. Yeah. Good. It looks like uh, the uh, remind me of the Superman, uh, the Richard Donner Superman comics that came out. Hmm. The uh, what were they? Father son, the father son yeah. uh, relationship. Yeah. So, uh, it's so it's an exciting time for streaming. Um, that ver- that new, yeah, the Mandalorian, the new version of uh, the witches, Roald Dahl's the witches is coming to streaming. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, what's that on? Is that gonna be on Amazon Prime? HBO Max. I was gonna HBO Max. That was the yeah. option. Who directed that? I have no idea. <laughs> Anne Hathaway oh, willed it into existence. <laughs> I don't think. I think As Roald is Dahl, her power. Roald Dahl willed it into existence. I'll be honest. No, the book with the Robert film. Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Oh, wow. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. I knew that there was a big name behind it. I just couldn't remember. It was Robert Zemeckis, yeah. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's on for Alfonso Coran, our uh, producer's on it. It has a screenplay called Written by Guillermo del Toro. I think I said this before on stream. Yeah. I think I've read out this before. Uh, but yeah, Robert Zemeckis uh, directing. Um, it could be good. Listen, uh, I, I, it's been a while since Zemeckis had a really good film, I'll be honest. 
I mean, listen, anything can be good. Anything, anything can be good if you, you really want it to be. It's, uh, it's, it's Schrodinger's film. Until we watch it, it both is and isn't terrible. Uh, but I'll tell you what is good. Uh, the original screen adaptation of The Witches by Nicholas Rogue. That was, yeah. that was, that's nightmare feel for a kid. I mean, that uh, movie, like from what I can remember of it, is the original is pretty terrifying, and the book is too, yeah. also pretty fucking terrifying. The, the the thing is, right? There's a lot of really nice innovations. Like the witches, the actual uh, Nicholas Rogue version of the witches was really hard to shoot mm. because he actually used live animals. Did sort of all the stuff with the like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff involving mice in both the book and the movie. If you haven't read the witches, I haven't watched the witches. Uh, it, it, there's a lot involving mice in it, yeah. and all the the stuff that you see what mice done in the original version is actually trained mice, but you can't really train mice. So th- there was a lot of like the took the longest scene I took, even though there's a lot of special effects and fucking, you know, visual sequences in that film. The actual the, the thing I took the longest to shoot were the mice. Mm. You guys should check it out. It's 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 a we fun time. We should watch it at some point yeah. again. It's I, fun again, We have we have one more film, which is the Halloween movie. We have to do. Yeah. So and I don't know what we. There's a lot of options there. Hmm. I don't know which one to watch just yet. So that's that that could be a, a potential candidate on the on the list. But yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The the the, the, the witches is out on uh, October twenty second on HBO Max. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a good few few things, good few recommendations. Yeah. We don't really do recommendations on this except except at the end of the show, but we really yeah. didn't have many much to talk about film wise. No, unless you want you guys want to play D D with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to play D D or Among Us? Yeah, you know, we'll just Yeah, you know, totally. We're down. We're down to clown. Shoot us an email, you know. Yeah. Uh right. Okay. This week we watched uh the one, the only yeah. the boys. We have returned to Eric Kripke's Amazon Prime's Carl Urban's The Boys season two on Amazon Prime. I said that already, but did you say it was on Amazon Prime? I don't think you said it was on Amazon Prime. But the Amazon Prime video, like guys, listen, life gets pretty hard. But for only nine, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do a fake ad. Don't succeed. Amazon Prime. Uh, You're welcome, Amazon. Anyway, (laughs) all right. (laughs) It was all Amazon Prime. Nice. Marcus, the boy season two. Um, Yeah, we 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 kind of reviewed season one back a while ago. Yeah. we have we had an official episode on it, didn't we? No, we just kind of talked. I think it yeah, was think, uh, think episode one hundred. Yeah, the thing was just about it. it was just like, oh yeah, watch the boys, and we were like, oh fuck yeah, oh shit, nice. Yeah, yeah, if you if you brewskis with the boys. Yeah. Exactly, but they're all back this season. Butcher, Huey, Frenchie, MM, Nazi. Oh my God, there's so many Nazis. You there's you a literal would think... Nazi in this. <laughs> Like, not even like, oh, Trump's a Nazi. Like, this person, an actual Nazi. Nazi. The company that made uh, Vaught, Nazis. Oh, Nazis. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's, it's Nazi central up in here. Um, I, maybe, do you want to kind of talk about that first? Because a big complaint we had about season one, or not even, a shortcoming was a lot of the politics that they were using were very Bush administration. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot because the boys was written at the time of the Bush propaganda post nine 11 paranoia yeah. type bullshit. Uh, and it was a very much uh, critique of that and uh, 
superhero comic book logic, basically. Mm-hmm. Because the, the big superhero boom hadn't happened yet by the time The Boys finished its run. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of things about the first season that didn't work. Like, it worked, you know? But, like, it felt very much a couple of years behind. Yeah. Even with everything about it. Even with everything that it did, like, it said about the time frame that, it, that we're in now. It, it kind of had one foot behind because I had to... It, it had to deal with its, its, its source material in some way, shape, or form. And the, the, the story arc in the first comic book is basically you know, the skeletal framework of what we see in the, the TV show. There's a lot of things changed, like you know, superhero powers have changed. Uh, Homelander's uh, a lot different. Uh, there's a lot of characters that are different. You know, Huey oh, of yeah. course was based off Simon Pegg in uh, Shaun the Dead. None of them have taken drugs that give them superpowers yet. <laughs> yeah, I also don't on, think that's going to be in it either. On, I think uh, I think I read somewhere that everybody's on Compound V in that world. Oh yeah, it's like a drug that everybody takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just some, like, it just happens to be that some people are become superheroes because of it mm. but yeah like there That's, there are a few differences um, there's, a, there's a few major differences in there and dylan uh again from what he's been re- rereading the uh mm. the book the comic books really and he hasn't he hasn't liked them so far <laughs> i mean listen they, they're so they're far. fairly i don't i don't want to say out of date but you know um a lot of it's probably just gratuitous now like dc was originally publishing it at the time uh under their wild storm imprint but after like two issues they were like this is a bit much uh no thank you and then uh i think dark horse or dynamite started doing the boys instead um mm. but it, it's garth and it's just going just, just yeah thank you um going straight ham I and i think the tv gone. show knows when to do that yeah, it knows when to pull back and not to be mm. so heavy. Because I, I, if I remember correctly, again, the, the original Boys was incredibly nihilistic. Oh, yeah. It's, there is no, like, there's no, like, redemption in that world or even in the characters. Oh, everybody's a horrible person. And, like, you can't really do that with a TV show. Yeah. You I can mean, do it with a TV show all you want. But, oh. like, if you, can, if you can't, like give those characters depth because in a comic book or a graphic novel like there's a lot of depth you can give within the context of yeah, the yeah. world and a lot of those things influence characters uh and again you're you're limited by page size in, in a in a comic book so it's basically like a movie you're yeah. gonna do a tv show you've gotta like these you gotta have something for these characters mm. by the beginning to the end i think the major difference is i'd say in the comic book uh, as you know uh, season season uh, one ended with Carl Urban blowing up a house with Highlander and a baby in it. Uh, I think in the comic book Homelander, Homelander. what did <laughs> I say? Highlander. Damn it! I think here home... we are. <laughs> uh, I think I think Homelander wouldn't have saved the kid, and he would have let uh, Butcher kill a baby. But in this, kid saved Butcher hasn't killed a baby. I uh, think I, I think they are meant to kill off the baby. I think they just genuine, like, yeah, I think so. And they had to ADR in a line that... Yeah, because I think that that was just something that was thrown in because the baby's never mentioned again. Yeah, because you can't really get behind a guy that killed an innocent child. Literally, literally, I I don't know why, because he does, he kills a bunch of innocent people. Yeah, it's very out of character for him to save this kid, you know? Yeah, I think, and that's where, like, I think, you know, we'll get to the... 
uh, our own uh, critiques of the of the new season. But like mm. I said, that was definitely one of them where like they just brought in things that happened where they never talk about, they never really bring them up again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like they dealt with some like things in the first season, like the, the Me Too, the Me Too movement, or like oh, sorry, the ideas about how corporations kind of shove things under the carpet, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and one of those things uh, th- which uh, they brought in was the whole uh, sexual harassment of Starlight in the very fucking first episode of the show mm-hmm. uh, by the Deep. Uh, just the worst who, person ever. He's just really, he's just really selfish. He like, just really, sucks ass. Character and really full of himself. And yeah. I feel again by the end of that season, the deep kind of you know he gets his comeuppance mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really feel sorry for him, but you, you kind of you don't even relate to him. But there's a like a tiny bit of humanization with his character, like mm-hmm. he pays his penance. Uh, this is this is a recap of what's happened, like yeah, in between. Uh, you know, Homelander. Like, I, I, the big criticism that people keep finding with this season is that Homelander kind of is kind of weakened. I don't. I disagree with that. No, because like Homelander out of all the characters in it, particularly in the first two episodes, is the one that's actually the most fully realized. Yeah, from the events of the first season, because he's not the same character by the end of it, because he's killed off. He's killed off basically his mother figure, mm-hmm. which is I, you know what the show does. Yeah, I think he kind of does it twice as well, which is weird. Um, I, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think, I think the reason why is the situation they're in now. There's so many eyes on superheroes and what they're doing now that he doesn't have what little anonymity he had in season one everybody's looking at him constantly. So he can't just be, you know, killing and raping people like he used to. That sounds fucking horrible. That was a weird sentence to say. Yeah. Go and take a shower. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Um, and this whole season is, is, you know, them trying to get a, trying to get one up on him. Um, and him trying to navigate. Cause it's the same problem, funnily enough, that Superman faces, where he's not modern enough anymore. You know what I mean? He's an old man. He's part of the old guard. Except the difference is, Homelander is the worst person ever. See, the thing is that they bring in, uh, what, what I'm talking about with the connection between one and two, like mm. some of the characters in, in, the, like, in the first couple of episodes of the season feel very alien. Yeah, the first were... like... What, like in maybe two, three two, episodes? Three episodes, uh, definitely. The, so a lot of the characters feel very alien hmm. to each other. Um, you know, I, again, we'll get to that later on. But the Homelander doesn't really home again. Homelander turns; he's a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, and what he was trying to do in the first season, and he, he's str- really struggling to do with this season, is build up that persona where he's uh, the all-American happy person. Yeah. And what he does, what basically he loses in the first season is that he loses uh, control. He thinks he's in control of his scenarios. Mm. Uh, he's lured into a false sense of security by... Uh, oh, fuck's sake, what's her name? Elizabeth Ting. <laughs> Back to the Future. Uh... He's the head of the company in the first season. Elizabeth Shue. Yes, thank you. Elizabeth Shue. Uh... She is, uh, you know, she was the person that was involved with 
kind of keeping him at bay. And then she says at the end of the, sh- the, the show that she's afraid of him, mm-hmm. as everybody else is, because they're keeping the dog on the leash, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and the, then that idea, then, once he's killed her off, there's actually trauma that he has to... That he, he, he gives himself trauma. Yeah. And that's basically now he has nothing effect. anymore. And he, he, has no, he doesn't have anybody, and uh, he has nobody that he can kind of please... Mm-hmm. Or control, so therefore he tries to control everything, you know. Yeah, he, he tries to make a connection with like, the son. Yeah, he there he, he tries to basically uh, become a, a, a dictator of his own world. And I think he fails pretty spectacularly because every, every like for the, like the first couple of episodes, he kind of gets there and then he finds an avenue with the son, mm-hmm. and then he realizes that he he. he uh, he can't and his whole goal for the season is to find someone to love him yeah and not to treat him like he's uh treat him like the way that elizabeth shoe's character is treating him like uh like a baby mm. and he, he succeeds <laughs> he su- finally succeeds by by the end of it and then he loses it all in pretty spectacular fashion oh yeah i mean obviously like, i like the, i like the episode where he's being treated like a baby by Elizabeth Shue, but it's not Elizabeth Shue, it's the, the shapeshifter. Oh, God. And, kill, and then, uh, then the shapeshifter turns into him by the end of it. There's some really mad Freudian shit going on with mm. him and his cat, with him, himself, like, uh, and he's like, I don't care if people, if people don't, if people don't love me or something like that. And he does care. He, does, yeah. he wants somebody to love him. He's literally know, lying he to wants, himself he, in he, that he's scene. He's gone from Elizabeth Shue, like, fake loving him and yeah. lying to him. To then him finding a son and trying to love his son, but it's you know because he's a sociopathic uh, maniac in it, uh, who's got a god complex, he thinks he's better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So therefore, his son thinks he's better than everybody else, and then that that ego gets fed by Stormfront later on. So yeah, I think the interesting thing is Stormfront kind of reigns him in in a lot of cases. Obviously, there's scenes where the two of them are with Ryan, his son. Um, and she, she can kind of tell that he's he's not acting with this kid's best interest or he's not engaging fully and can kind of pivot the conversation so that they can start to connect more. Mm-hmm. Um, so she takes a lot of steps in to sort of indoctrinating uh, Ryan um, in a lot of ways. I mean, the fact that someone drops the term white genocide was like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> This bitch is crazy. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? What we else? Kind of left there for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying that uh, the white genocide line is uh, this bitch is crazy. Yeah, this d- that bitch is something ain't right at fault. <laughs> and then you have uh, juxtaposed that the boys who are having the worst time ever. Everybody's life fucking sucks. Uh, Huey wants to die. Uh, MM is suffering with OCD. Frenchie is suffering with, I guess, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kimiko. Just everybody's fucked, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're starting from zero, and every time they, like, we've done it. We gotta win. It's just like, haha, no. But you didn't get a win. <laughs> but, didn't, but you didn't. Um,. You know, uh, I th- I think I think a major sort of turning point is probably like 
as we said before, I think the first three episodes are kind of hot and cold because you have you have a few the bits. The first like... two episodes were definite. You could probably skip altogether yeah. and just have a recap, mm-hmm. like like a like a one minute recap. Uh, everything else, uh, basically, when episode three came in, it felt like the boys. It felt like the first season had like the continuation. Yeah, of the first season that there's still a bit of flip flopping. Uh, like they have the uh, Starlight Huey uh, romance, and she kind of puts won't, it. They? Yeah, she, and then she goes, "We won't." And then like two episodes later, we will. <laughs> we might. It's just like why? What? Why are you doing this to me, Lisa? Why? <laughs> You're tearing me apart. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Annie. <laughs> Sorry. Like the, the, yeah. So, like, there's a, the, there's a couple of things that are out of place. Mm. Uh, like, we kind of mentioned Homelander. His his connections with characters and the way the characters go is pretty shit. They brought back A A Train in like one episode, and I felt very cobbled together. Yeah, I'm the A Train baby. It's like fuck you. You're an asshole. <laughs> uh, you know. I really don't think Stormfront was brought in properly. It makes no sense as to why she's a character that's like completely anti like corporation or anti like uh bot. She's against the company. Yeah, she's on the company's payroll and for some reason just people are just believing this bullshit. Also like is is the idea of her that like all internet memers and like uh you know people online She's basically this- 4chan. Yeah, it it that's what she is. No, she's basically she's, yeah. she's 4chan. She's she's a walking version of 4chan. Yeah, is is the idea there that that's bad? That we shouldn't be doing that? We shouldn't be tweeting about companies making a stink on on the Instagrams? That's what the contrast is coming from because it's she she's actually talking like bars. About, oh, she's not really, but she is talking shit about like way corporations work and yeah. how fake they are. But then it turns out that her character is like. The wife of the company boss is a Nazi. Yes, <laughs> and who was who was a Nazi? Like who? And she's also like a massive, massive xenophobe. Mm. I feel like if she was more like an Alex Jones type character, oh which yeah, I feel like that's what they were going for, but they couldn't do because yeah, because uh, it became a little character. bit more. Th- th- there are a few confusing steps here because we also have a character that's kind of a stand-in for uh, AOC, um, mm-hmm. who I don't I don't want to get into, but. The ending of the series kind of goes, wait, is she bad as well <laughs> in real life? Yeah. Or are you just trying to show us that, like, listen, you know, you can have just because someone's saying good stuff and doing all the right things doesn't necessarily mean they are, in which case you haven't really communicated that um, all that much. Um, yeah. Or is it just feel, like a I cheap like, bit of drama? I, I feel like they already brought in that character at the end and it, like they have a, a big twist and, yeah. and the specific characters been killing off people left, right, and center. Mm. I feel like they they're probably making a point that like, well, listen, it's, it, we've 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 hit the nail on the head with kind of right wing fucking uh, bullshit. It's <laughs> time to do the left. Alt right right bullshit. Uh, but just just notice that like, even though we're we're at this point now. The, mm. the other side is probably just as bad. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's a very, it's a very like partisan view on on politics and racial yeah. justice. Which you know, again, if they do it right next season and they make the, the correct points about it, then yeah, they're totally correct. I think that's the interesting thing about this show is that like the, like the, the, sh- like, the boys isn't a, isn't a uh, 
uh, a leaning show mm. like, political wise it's not it's it, it's a show that's supposed to like sh- like show the mirror to society and what what the ideas of those societies it's about are. violent psychopaths trying to get revenge <laughs> yeah and a lot of them have great power sound familiar Oh, I was talking about the boys themselves, like that they're actually just as fucked up and just as amoral. They're, they're, they're people, they're cogs in the machine. Yeah. And, you know, for most of the show, they're like, why am I still doing this cog in the machine bullshit mm. if the machine just keeps winning? I will say, um, breakout character for me this season, Frenchie. Um, I mean, I mean, Frenchie's episode, the, the one where they bring back Landlier, is probably one of the best episodes of the show. Oh, my God. I and instantly, now, like... There it's not that I didn't like Frenchie before, but it's hilarious. He's f- hilarious, but this one's just like, oh mate, <laughs> you just want to get that guy like a cold drink and a warm blanket and tell him it's gonna be okay. You wanted to give him uh, some uh, some uh, crepes <laughs> with some uh, hot cuckoo. <laughs> what is the point of life if you if there's no dancing? I was just like Frenchie, my man. <laughs> My man. My man. Uh, but yeah, Frenchie has a has a very good uh, character arc this season. Yeah. Again, it's the the stuff with Frenchie takes a while. Like he has that subplot where uh, was it uh, where him and uh, Kimiko, Kimiko, mm. uh, they like they have conflict and she she kind of, something happens to her and conflict then develops even further between the two of them. There's tension between the two of them. Yeah. And then he has a whole episode to himself, basically, uh, where a lot of stuff is resolved. Like that episode is probably pitch perfect, and the thematic purpose of that episode is perfect. Yeah. It's a, it's a really well written, well paced, well put together episode where a lot of really good resolution happens in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think that episode's great. You know, like it's it, Huey gets injured in it. Uh, him, uh, Butcher and Starlight have to kind of come together and. Yeah, uh, kill a man. Differences. Just kill an innocent man. <laughs> yeah, and then like kill talk him. about how Huey is the greatest person ever. They're both like, "Yep, he's yeah, but pretty whole, fucking the whole, sick." The whole episode was about uh, like who your family is. Mm. That's what it's about. And uh, Frenchie's "Who's your family?" was the the people that he did drugs with. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is that in trying for for him trying to save his family cost someone else their family yeah uh and it was a bear it was a it was a brunt to be bared on everybody and then we find out we also find out that the reason why lamplighter killed uh, those kids in the <laughs> is because of homelander yeah that's something that doesn't actually come back but just just to know that it was homelander was the reason why those kids got and also because he just didn't check you know he didn't check he who didn't was check, no. just like peel that blanket back make sure you're setting the right people on fire or don't set people on fire there's another Again, idea the, 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 what happens with the, sh- with the season was that it kind of started off slow and mm. it, it kind of had really convoluted uh, dumb starts to the storylines yeah. that when they developed they got better and better as the, the, episode, as the series went on mm-hmm. and by the end of it they, t- they became very strong uh, storylines for example Stormfront starts off as really really a, a, a really dumb side character mm. because she's supposed to be all this thing where you know she's a Instagram or whatever she's, she's just kind of, of wildly she's annoying some sort of like influencer not an yeah. influencer but she's some kind of like right leaning uh, 
fucking fear mongerer mm. and she talks stuff about that incels were like and you know uh, very very hefty uh, alt politics she makes like, fat neil shoot an innocent store she clerk she does make fat neil shoot a fat nerd but what, that one <laughs> fat, fat she makes fat neil shoot a fat nerd that doesn't make any sense she, i said a store minority. clerk how dare you she shoots a minority. No, that, I, that I man was that. lean i said that i said that how dare you how dare you um but yeah like she starts off as a very like overly complicated character basically because mm. uh, she does a bunch of shit that like is very unnecessary uh particularly since we know that she's on a company payroll she's working for a corporation not a lot of people would believe her mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say she you know i wouldn't believe that she have a massive as big a following as she does in the, when she starts off in the show uh but then when her character starts gaining, we find out that she's a massive racist and a xenophobe when she kills off a character in it. And we find out that she's actually like a huge, huge fucking racist. That's when shit starts getting interesting with her character. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that she's a fucking Nazi. And her influence uh, through, in that sequence with the, the actor who plays Fat Neela, he's, that sequence is really well done. Oh shit. Oh no, what happened? Can we put pause on this? I think my cats are doing something to themselves. Yeah, one sec. Alright, and we're back. Some some, yeah. some feline technical difficulties he, there. I don't know what he did, but he, he jumped from somewhere and he's at the, he landed somewhere weird and I had to let him out so he can get something to eat. Hmm. So, sorry, saws about that, y'all. So the boys season two. Yeah, so the boys season two, as I said, like, Stormfront's character, that, that sequence where the actor who plays Fat Neil comes into it. Really well done. Re- really shows the, the kind of slow breaking down of a, of a character through so- social media means or through uh, constant prop- propagandizing means. Mm. Means and memes uh, that, that turns somebody who is probably just a normal person into a, a psychopath that's like fed into xenophobic fears. Also, if you think about it, why would a terrorist be working in a 7-Eleven? Seems a bit strange. Oh, no, it's pretty sus. <laughs> Guys, I think Beige is sus. Kill him. <laughs> Fat Neil, no! But yeah, basically... That, Stormfront was the imposter. Oh, no. Stormfront, Stormfront's always the imposter. Uh, but yeah, that, that story arc... Of her like slowly feeding into American fears that led that, that basically they're, they're critiquing the way that the right does it and the way the way Trump and his people uh, work their way into the, working into the fears of middle and working class America in order to create a basically basically a whole generation of massive uh, minority fearing xenophobes. Mm. Uh, that that go real, real, real dark, real quick. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Huey's arc isn't too bad, huh? mm. you know. It's kind of seen as as the as the, as the the kid the, the 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 kid we need to protect of the group. Yeah, uh, the only one that isn't completely fucked. Yeah, he's the one that always has uh hope mm. of everybody. He's the only one who hopes for stuff. Uh, again, the, another storyline that I liked by the end of it, but I hated the way it started, was the deep storyline. Mm. Because the first two episodes... Would you like a fresca? 
yeah, it's basically the deep goes off the deep end. Par- pardon the pun. Uh, and he, you know, he kind of gets himself into some trouble and falls into a cult. Yeah, joins a cult. Uh, and the first two episodes, they kind of, tr- I don't know if it's an attempt to humanize him mm. or a, a, an attempt to kind of relate to him, but this, we spend way too much time with a character that I don't like as much mm-hmm. as the deep because he's a character that deserves everything that he gets. But he's so selfish in the scenario that he gets played by the end of it, which is good. You know? Yeah. I like the fact that every season, the deep story arc is just him finding it, trying to find some new way, trying to get back into the seven and failing completely. <laughs> I'll make my own seven with blackjack and hookers. And hookers. That would be perfect. That actually would be perfect. And everybody's like a terrible off-brand superhero with really bad he powers. He's married this like really weird bitch who doesn't even give good blowjobs. <laughs> That's really dumb. It's like, you're a, you're a bad bloke, Deep. <laughs> you're a bad dude. You're a really bad bloke. <laughs> Like what? What makes you feel you deserve any of this? You're not. You're not a good person. You didn't learn. You're not sorry it happened. You're sorry you got caught. And that's and that's see that's why I kind of like the way his character arc ended, but not the way it started because the start of it was pretty dumb. Fuck Fresca. <laughs> uh, and also the relationship between Butcher and Huey mm. for some reason is is really really fractured, like to the point where both. Like, Huey gets hit by Butcher. Mm. He gets his, his fucking face knocked into him by Butcher at the end. Threatens of the to be episode. killed by Butcher. It's just like, where do we stand here? Yeah, like it was. It, it was very over the top. Mm. I, I think it was unnecessary, particularly because the, the relationship between those two characters. I know he had like a a falling out in the last season, but he didn't have that much of a falling out. He just disappeared for like three months. Like, <laughs> why can't he understand why Huey might be pissed? Yeah, exactly. Also, the first two episodes and the way that they treat Yui isn't the best. Mm. They kind of bring him back to where he was at the beginning of the first season, which I feel like as the point that he developed as a character, he deserved a bit better than that. Yeah. Uh, so, again, by the time that third episode hits, their relationship had developed enough and then by the time the sixth episode hits, it's really good. Mm. You know? And the connections of the characters and the way they interact is very good. And there's a lot of nice little resolutions here, there, and everywhere. And then by the end of it, uh, Carl Urban has given one of the best performances of, of his career. Yeah. With the way his character goes, you know? Mm. So it's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's not the, as good as the first season. It does hit a lot of notes in the head, particularly like the, the, the way, like, again, it goes back to the whole way that corporations just kind of twist and turn everything so they could just make more money, even though they're in a load of shit. Yeah. Like, that works. And it all comes back to the corporation at the end of it. Because Vought is, you know, the, the, the twist is that Vought is trying to make, like, humans into superheroes. But they're trying to do it for money, was Stormfront because she's the head of it, she's trying to do it to make an army of, like, Nazis. <laughs> Everybody sucks, and everything's the worst. You heard it here first. Uh, that's the show, guys. Yeah, it's the show. Colored seal of approval, I think. Ironically normal, enough. No. Yes, yeah, a normal. normal yeah. Normal, normal. Uh, guys, you can keep up to date with us on the social medias. I'm at Kev underscore G-R-E-N-E. We're Nostalgic Horse on YouTube, Sketch Jacket on Facebook. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud, anywhere you find the good podcasts. 
watch the boys season two or one if you haven't watched that they're they're fun shows go listen to dorian Electra's new album it's called my agenda and it's about <laughs> it's basically like uh, they're a uh, when i say date it's it's one person because they're uh not binary mm. cool not binary uh and they're, the way they, they attack music is like very new and fresh and a lot of really good collaborators here. Uh, she has a song, they have a song uh, with the band Pussy Riot, which is called my, with the, the title track, My Agenda. It goes hard. It goes very fucking hard. Mm. Uh, I, I, I suggest you listen to that. It's very, very good. Uh, very good hyper pop. And it will get you uh, freaky deaky. Neato, neato, neato. Meow, meow, outside my door. Okay. All right. I'll let you go then, man. Talk to you. Bye-bye.